Is this the real life, or is this just a fictional reality? Hello everyone, and welcome back to the final episode for Season 2 of Fictional Reality. A season where I have talked to a bunch of puzzle escape room designers, experienced designers from around the world now. Uh, I've been on at least three continents with this podcast, which is super exciting. I want to give a big shout out to COVID-19 for making all that possible. But unfortunately, the quarantine dream for me is almost over. I'm going to have to return back to my old life, uh, working hard to make a living. So unfortunately, I will have to take a short break from fictional reality, but I will be back as I have decided 2020 is awesome, but I'm going to do a little bit of time traveling and I might record some episodes on the road there. So we shall see. Season three might, uh, lean a little bit more into talking to people from different times and eras and dimensions and so on. So we'll see how that goes. This week, my guest is one Stephen from Escapages. Uh, they were very successful with their Kickstarter on Flatpak, which was a product design catalog. I'm not sure how else to say that. Uh, a puzzle book, nonetheless, made to look like a coffee table uh, furniture design catalog. So very cool. And when I spoke to them, their Kickstarter was live. That was full deck. So I do urge you head over to their website, escapages.co.uk. Stephen has been very generous and offered a discount code. The discount code will be fictional reality, all caps, all one word. Put it in. If you're listening to this now, go to escapages.co.uk. That's .co.uk. Enter in the code fictional reality, all one word all caps into your purchase and you will get a sneaky little discount code. So uh, make the most of that. Stephen is, was wonderful to talk to, very methodical, very step-by-step puzzle maker. Uh, he has been doing this for a long time. Him and his business partner have launched numerous puzzle books already, so they know exactly what they're doing. They've got the discipline down and it was an absolute pleasure to talk to Stephen. I felt very motivated after to just keep a routine do it step by step and enjoy, have fun, look at the world around you, look around to see whether you can turn a piece of junk mail that ends up in your letterbox into a puzzle or a receipt that you find on the ground or some scrap of paper. A lot of us puzzlers, a lot of us puzzle makers and experienced designers, we are inspired by that awe and that wonder that you get from the seemingly mundane and discovering actually there's a another layer a, a fictional reality beneath the top layer of the reality of the object and that there could be something more going on there and there's nothing more exciting than than pulling on that thread to unravel this this big intricate mystery and his latest product the full deck does just that it's a well I won't go into too much detail with it I'll let Stephen talk about it a bit more in the podcast uh I'll get out of here I'll talk to you a little bit more at the end but otherwise here is my episode with escapages enjoy i will tell you one thing we did have a bit of a audio technical difficulty glitch so the first little bit of this interview i apologize to you steven you're hearing this for the first time now unfortunately is lost into the abysmal void of infinite nothingness so we have still got the most of the episode the first bit was cut off that's why you will hear not much of an introduction so Thank you. <laughs> Good here. Lovely. It's recording. So, um, all right. And we're back into it. Um, for you, the 
the listener probably wasn't awesome. It would have been half a second for us. Well, a lot happened, but uh, we won't go into the nitty gritty of what happened in between that second. Uh, but we're back and we're ready to rock and roll. Uh, welcome back, Stephen. We're all a little bit older now. Um, how yeah. have you been this last five minutes or so? Um, well, it's been a mix. It's been some highs, some lows, some tears, some laughter. It's, um, it's, been, it's been an experience. Um, I'm just um, drying off now and uh, <laughs> we, should, we should be able to carry on. Yeah. We're all a little wiser from it. I think so. I think so. <laughs> so I'm really um, curious about the the nitty gritty of this of the, of your design process. So you've you've set yourself the goal of making a daily puzzle. You've committed to it. You sit down at the computer or the pen and paper. Walk us through where do you, where do you begin? What what do you do? Um, way back before then. So uh, if I if I talk about full deck. Um, because that's the that's the current project. Um, Full deck came from an idea um, where I have lots and lots of ideas, and it's always good to sort of try and merge them if you can. Because you think one okay idea becomes a much stronger idea if you've got two combined together. You look at you look at the Dyson; it's a vacuum cleaner and an air extractor, but put it together, it's something awesome. Right. So I was looking at um, cooperative puzzles and puzzle books, and I was looking at my fascination with ephemera and i'm i'm one of those people who keeps all receipts and um keeps all little bits and bobs and those pieces of paper that you might otherwise throw away i I, for some reason have got um squirreled away in pots and little containers um little bits of paper little notes to myself or from other people Stephen has disappeared into a time vortex hello (laughs) hello you dropped off there for a second but i think you're back Okay. Um, <laughs> so I keep all these little pieces of paper and I thought that there's, what if you just had four pieces of paper, could you build a story around that? Um, and added to this is a growing fascination with um, old shopping lists in trolleys because mm-hmm. um, people in the UK tend to um, leave their shopping lists in their shopping bags or in the trolley sometimes. And I've always thought it was an interesting, be an interesting YouTube channel where you picked up someone's shopping list and then you bought their shopping and had to live off their shopping list for a week. Um, just one of the ideas. Um, yeah. And, and I thought, well, what if they, what if they'd left a message in there? Um, mm. And I glued that with my interest in um, everyone's innate desire to read other people's diaries and I glued that idea with my fascination with the glimpses of serial killers diaries that you see like in the film seven you see these diaries that he spent years going and the grail diary in Indiana Jones and you think oh yeah but that's you've just skipped past that and that's the bit that I actually want to read I want to read that sort of uh, behind the scenes section Mm. I thought what a bit what about if we could combine all of those and had um, a serial killer who was killing people for a specific purpose and there was a pattern that had to be unwrapped and there's your puzzle element and then I came up with full deck so I listed I, I went through all my boxes and pots and things and listed all the different things I had so I had a loyalty card for a mm-hmm. cafe that I go to so I thought right well loyalty cards brilliant you can put a puzzle in there based on the number of beans that have been stamped or whatever and mm. I for some reason I've got a receipt printer 
And when I shared with my family, I bought a receipt printer. They said, well, why did you buy one? You don't need a receipt printer. But I thought there's something nice about having a little receipt to print out and whatever. And train That's tickets good. I keep. And I thought, well, there's a little puzzle you, because there's numbers and patterns on a train ticket. And I thought, wouldn't it be brilliant right. if there was a playing card hidden in every single piece of this, this ephemera? So mm. I made a list of all the ephemera that I had. And then... I, to make it harder for myself, I randomly assigned a card to each item. So I didn't go, well, that would lend itself nicely to. I thought, no, to make it a challenge for myself, yeah. I will choose a card randomly. So I sat with a deck of cards and, and shuffled them and then picked them out and, and assigned them to a piece of ephemera. Um, and then uh, I decided that, that I would start the campaign. I think it was first of... I think it was the first of April because I thought um, I was in lockdown at the time I was at home from work yet still working and I thought it'd be really nice to have something just um, ticking along in my head uh, and forcing me to work on the storyline some more which has which has got another thing that maybe I should share with you because I find it interesting but no one else has heard about it um, and create these daily puzzles and um, so I would sketch them out uh, in one of my notebooks um, and then either use uh, Photoshop or Ill Illustrator or a combination of both to create the images. And sometimes um, I would print them out and take photographs of them in situ and some of them I would create in Illustrator and then transfer into a Photoshop photo or whatever. Yeah. Um, then for the campaign, for the Kickstarter campaign, part of the package is you either get the three books, so you get a collection of the evidence, the serial killer's diary and the sleep journal of the detective, or mm. you can buy an evidence bag with these 54 items. And um, we've been successful, so I am going to recreate these 54 items. And so if there's a nightclub flyer, I'm you're going to get a nightclub flyer in the evidence bag. And I'm mm. going to take mm. pictures of these in situ. So, for example, I'm using the nightclub flyer because that is found in a car park. So I'm going to get them printed up and get one of the leaflets and take a photograph of it in the car park. So it's, it's absolutely in situ. Um, right. So it's not, it, I think there's two pictures which have to be photoshopped. Um, one of which is an estate agent board. So when, when you sell a house in the UK, you have this board that goes outside your house. And I thought it'd be fairly ridiculous to send um, everyone who'd backed it a giant escape uh, estate agent board so they're going to get a postcard of that instead but by and large it's right. going to be if, the, if there's a receipt as the clue they are getting a receipt um, and, that, yeah. and that has been the hardest concept to sell to people because the idea is that if you just buy the evidence bag then you've got these 54 items you'll clear the table and you'll work out which card goes with which item and so it's a right. so in my mind, the way I would play it is I would lay out all the cards and go through the items one by one. Well, that's definitely a joker. So I would put that on top of the joker and mm. eliminate them that way. But other people I've talked to would actually like to make the full crime board with pins on a cork board mm -hmm. and place them and see if they can link them up. Added to which, each of the items links and contributes to the story. So in the serial killer's um, diary for example he alludes to something and you will find the answer on one of the pieces of ephemera so you have to sort of sift through to sort mm -hmm. that out and be the detective that's very 
Cool. And it sounds like your process is very organic. It's uh it's something that, that grows and uses a whole bunch of different things that you're fascinated in until I guess the, the moment comes to sit down and, and start writing it out. Um, is that yeah. fair that you sort of birth yeah. these ideas? Yeah, I think that um, it brings to mind something that I read recently in a book called How Innovation Works. And it was to do with the statistics from the patent office. And at the turn of the last century, something like 96% of the patents registered were for inventions. So this is something that was completely new. Whereas um, now, in the last five years, certainly the statistic has increased and increased and increased so that Mm -hmm. almost 100% of patents are innovations, which is two inventions together. So a rumor, for example, the, you know, the robot that vacuums, that's a robot and a vacuum combined. Mm. So the huge majority of patents are now actually merging two existing patents. And I kind of think that that's um, the, the way that my mind works is I've got an idea for that and I've got an idea for that. Let's combine them. So, and, and that's how my brain, that's how my brain works. Um, so yesterday, for example, I came up with the idea um, of a Tinder, but instead of your profile picture, you have the book that you're currently reading because that immediately would, you'd go, oh, I love that book or I hated that book. And, yep. and you'd have more in common than he mm. looks handsome, she looks pretty. I thought it'd be a really interesting starting point. Um, so that was just, right, and so I'm, I'm not, not going to do anything with that. It's just an idea, but that's how my brain works. It's lots <laughs> of combining different ideas. How do you, um, how do you find the balance between discipline and following your passion, creative passion? What's the balance there? incredibly hard if i'm yeah. honest um i am i'm a magpie in that uh, not that i would steal ideas but i do like the shiny shiny so um i yeah. do like coming up with ideas and in my dream land um i would come up with ideas and then put them onto someone else to say create that or work yeah, on right. that tell um, me get in here right now i have yes. another idea i want fulfilled yes <laughs> like like a horrible wizard of oz um, right. yes so work on this please for me um so i think part of the charm of escapages for me has been to force my discipline of having an idea and letting it burn long enough to see it through and uh, apart from escapages i've written probably 20 books on education because I work in education when I'm not coming up with puzzles. So I've, wow. I've had that discipline of completing books and work like that and completion of tasks. And this has been another level because I'm training myself to use my design skills, to use my um, narrative impact and interest in, in uh, narrative and, and the strength of that. Because if you don't, my view is that if you don't have a narrative behind um, a puzzle book or a puzzle story it could it might as well be sudoku it may as well be exactly. oh just find a number that put a story behind it and suddenly there's there's an impetus to finish and it gives a purpose and it drives yeah. the story forward yeah everyone i've talked to and all the podcasts i listen to about this stuff they say the same thing and anyone who's reviewing um reviewing things like that especially involve puzzles or puzzle escape games it's always narrative that is the thing that helps the thing stand out. And I think that's, there's a very big reason that Sudokus have been sitting in news agencies for, well, Sudokus are reasonably new, but you know, crosswords have been doing their thing in the background for centuries 
because they are just something that is a bit trivial and novel. And once you've done them, you've done them. Whereas a narrative is something that really engages you on a bit more of an emotional level. So it, it seems it's like, like I, it's a must. Um, I think, I think it's, um, and I, I is what's weird is that I really struggle with crosswords despite loving wordplay despite mm-hmm. uh, enjoying puzzles and i think it's part of part of that is that no one no one checks if you've done the crossword right or not now you know when you're on the train mm-hmm. and doing a, a crossword no one looks over your shoulder and goes oh no you're wrong there and and also there's no penalty <laughs> if you give up on one you don't lose out on anything whereas if you have a narrative driver then there's that itch that you've got to scroll. But what happened? What actually, I want to find out more. And I think that having yeah. a variety of puzzles allows you also to go through, I've got no idea what's going on with that puzzle. I'll skip to the next page and I can come back yeah. to that and be playful about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's super important. Um, and it's, it's, there's that line to walk there between linearity and sort of making parallel experiences. But definitely having to go, oh, look, I just can't get this. I need a win. Um, so I'm going to go on to another puzzle and maybe try and solve that because that impetus to keep going when you're struggling, um, that can be really hard. And for me, it has, I've walked away from experiences. I say walk away. I've just closed the book or whatever um, from experiences where it's like, there's only this to do and I just can't get it. So instead of doing an- another something else, I'm just going to stop right now. So It it looks like full deck allows you to, if you do get stumped, um, then you can move on to something else and hopefully have a win there or come back to something a little bit later, but the narrative is going to continue to come back to it. Yeah. I think that above it all, even though you've got the serial killer's diary in your hand, you will have to actually work out who the serial killer is. And there are, there will be enough hints towards it and obviously there will be an opportunity for people to go i think the serial killer is this and then they'll be sworn to secrecy and smuggled off to bulgaria or somewhere um (laughs) but there is enough of a driver and in vice versa one person was the victim one person was the killer but you didn't know the whole way through who was who so you didn't know if you had the heads version if you were the victim or the killer um and you never found out until the very end so it it, came Get that edge going of am I the am I the bad guy? Am I the bad guy here? Are we um, the baddies. Yeah, are we the baddies? <laughs> um, and what was that? Vice versa. This was one uh, a prior puzzle book that you had written. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so it's two people going on a journey to meet up, and um, on their journey they meet forty six puzzles each. <laughs> okay, so we shoehorned the puzzles a little bit in there, um, <laughs> but the narrative is you don't know if you are going to kill someone or you're the victim of someone and there's um a a written narrative uh, alongside each puzzle like a small paragraph to just keep the impetus going of the journey and as you reveal each puzzle uh, each solution rather you go on the website and you get another keyword that gives a bit more information to the story um and it's something that we really like doing so lots of puzzles will go you got the puzzle right and it's like Oh, okay. So you're not actually, you're, you're opening the biscuit tin, but there's nothing inside. Whereas our yeah. logic is to have 46 biscuit tins and you go, Oh, there's a bit, a bit more information. So flag pack, for example, has got 120 plus puzzles in it, but each of them reveals more of the backstory, who is trapped, why they're trapped, how you can help them. And we've got a very 
we think clever device whereby you can inform us if you've solved the puzzle book by sending a message in a certain way to a certain person that's um that's let us know that six people have solved it so far out of a thousand but it is there's 120 puzzles um, wow, and cool. and and there's that reward of i've i've solved it that it's not just i've finished all the puzzles but i've mm. actually solved the problem and i've worked out what's going on and why someone has been trapped and whatever right Right. It's making me think of, uh, yeah, being in school. And when you get the answer, you want to be like, excuse me, teacher, I have the answer. Yes. Is this Hello? You yeah. don't just sit there and go, oh, I got it. All right. Well, yeah. uh, I guess I'll wait for the bell now. Um, well, we, uh, we'll start to wrap this up, Steve. And this has just been awesome. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, you have already touched on some, some tips and hints there. And this has been a valuable resource, I think, for anyone who is something I've taken away from this conversation immediately is that you go to the puzzle gym, like, um, and you know, that is the, the process of uh, a little bit every day or, or sitting down and setting yourself a task to write a puzzle a day. Um, you seem to be living proof of the value of that discipline, but in terms of tips and tricks, what would you say to anyone out there who's, um, who's listening to this podcast thinking, I would love to make a, a puzzle book myself. Um, I would go back to, having some form or multiple forms of recording ideas down because Mm -hmm. you can have an idea um, as you wake up and if you don't write it down, then it it disappears. It's ephemeral, isn't it? And Mm -hmm. I've got uh, an unhealthy regard for notebooks um, and diaries. And, and what's interesting is I was talking to someone about one idea I had, and then I, I was looking through an old diary that I had and I'd written down some ideas already for it. So it refreshed some of the the enthusiasm. And I would also pursue something that really engages you because there'd be nothing worse. If you asked me to do a puzzle on, I'm trying to think of something really, really dull um, (laughs) on growing, on growing orchids. I don't have enough interest in growing orchids to create a puzzle book about that. There's Mm. not enough gnawing away at me um, to, to do that. Um, and then mm. also alongside that, we've talked about the importance of narrative. I'd, I would really encourage narrative because um, there's, there has been a growth in puzzle books in the last year, two years, and we'd like to think we've contributed to that as well. Um, but a lot, and this isn't a criticism, just an observation, a lot of them don't have a compelling enough storyline for me to want to find out more. It seems like Oh, is another collection of QR code on the left, puzzle on the right books. And I, I, I want to have right. a bit more meat um, with my gravy. And <laughs> certainly we, Matt, Matt and I, when we were working together, concentrate an awful lot on the narrative beforehand for full deck. I created, I had to create three narrative storylines that I did on musical score and plotted out exactly what was going on. And I looked at the hero's journey and I looked at the different patterns that stories go through because I've got a big fascination in that to make sure that there was enough of a narrative back support because your narrative is your spine um, in, in puzzle making. I firmly believe anyway. Um, And and if you've got, if you've got the narrative spine really, really strong, you've got your mission, then the puzzles are much more comfortable. They've got something to rest on and also they provide inspiration. And so you, you've got your 
date night puzzle set. And that's, that's your hero's journey straight away, isn't it? Is you've got a prize that you want to win and there's going to be challenges along the way. So immediately it's got um, a narrative background rather than here's some puzzles to do together. Right. Right. Yeah. And I have, I've been going down a, a similar path during COVID of just really immersing myself in much more of a narrative design focus. And it does, it's, it's tricky. I mean, I think like I've found it is easy to just sit there and create a random puzzle that has no context that is self-sufficient. Um, but it is worth the work of, of exploring the narrative, even just as the designer, because it, it's very fun to try and tell a story using a medium that isn't just writing out words on a page or a screenplay, but actually using puzzles to tell a story is you get addicted to it. I think there's, there's, you can, there's two big approaches you can have. You can either challenge yourself. And I think if someone wanted to start out doing puzzles, they could challenge themselves by sitting in a room and looking at the different things. So I'm, I'm in my lounge at the moment and there's a whole load of cards on the table. I was thinking, okay, one's got balloons on with dots and stripes. So could you hide a puzzle with the balloons? And then I look across and there's a cushion, which has got lines on it. So is there a puzzle you could hide there? And there's a stack of books. So could you write a message with the first word of each title on the book so where can you put the puzzles and the other approach would be to come up with a narrative where there's someone in a fix they need to do something and how could they get out and think yeah. about their surroundings and what could lend itself to a puzzle there mm, right right it's reminding me of macgyver a little bit more yes yes absolutely <laughs> and it forces you to think outside it literally forces you to think outside the box and and more than that it, it's it's defined. So if you're setting, if you're setting your puzzle in the 1930s, it reduces straight away down. So you can't use that. You can't use that. What did they use? And it makes you research that area and, and explore what things were around in the 1930s that you could use as a prompt towards puzzles. Mm. Yeah. Those creative constraints are fertile soil for sure. Mm. Um, I have found a, a trick, a hack for myself is to, um, is is to give myself a creative constraint um a real one the stakes actually have to be there like uh tell someone hey i'm going to give this to you on two weeks from now uh and those i find is when i can sit down and my brain goes all right like buckle in it's time to get to work Uh, without them um which you know i've been experiencing it in varied ways through covid yeah you can just float away into this infinite uh, world of choice when you are creating so public commitment creates mm-hmm. commitment uh, creates a declaration of um fulfillment so you really need to make yeah. sure if you're if you're saying i'm going to release this then you need to make sure that you are going to do it you've made a public declaration and it, and it, it forces you so you did a yeah, you did a serial one didn't you you did a puzzle on a serial box and you yeah, didn't go yeah. you didn't go i've made a serial box puzzle you started off by saying, I want to make, I'm playing around with, I'm looking at the patterns and you, you documented that journey. And that to me is fascinating, but also, um, you, by making that public declaration, you really had to commit to it and you, you really had to complete it then. And I think it's really encouraging for other puzzle makers because they can go, I can see the journey. I can see behind the scenes of that and how it's working. 
Well, and yeah, vice versa. Um, yeah, I've experienced that watching you and uh, very much also from Mystery City Games. Uh, ben there, he, he sort of committed to making a puzzle a day in the theme of this day in history. Yeah, that's brilliant, isn't it? That's so good. What a great conceit. And, um, and he, I had a very similar conversation with him that as I'm having with you about, okay, I just sit down and I make a puzzle and I figure it out. And um, it's, this is to anyone out there. The puzzle community is, is really, it's a great community. And I've found that people are very approachable uh, such as yourself. And it, it is great to see other people um, creating content and that is inspiring and it does make you feel like, Oh, cool. I can be a part of this. And I, I have my own little world and story to tell as well that actually contributes to the, to the network and mm. community of people. So yeah, I encourage anyone listening to yeah, get out there, show us your stuff. Absolutely. And also ask, ask for help. Like the number of people who've, who've started campaigns or launched a puzzle book and, and haven't called out and said, look, you've got nine or 10 puzzle books published now what do you use what what constraints what what challenges have you got like we're so happy to help because if if you ask more then the market grows and the interest grows and we um, and this is obviously something we care about and are interested in and so it it, you know we've got enough books we're not worried about competition in fact we relish it because it makes us step up our game as well and go okay oh golly they've done something really good there we need to consider how we can innovate and and use some of those ideas and that's really clever subscription puzzles that's a clever idea i wonder if we should do that or not you know it it forces you to think more critically about your output and also about what input you can give to the community and all ships rise um absolutely absolutely there's enough people out there who are interested in puzzles. So you're not going to be short of any customers, especially with this global reach we have. And there's enough people out there who have no idea that they love puzzles yet. So yeah. they're just waiting to be reached with just the perfect thing. So convert the puggles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The puggles. <laughs> well, Stephen, thank you so much. You, I could listen to you talk about your process for hours. Um, it, it's very inspiring. And I'm going to take that image of the puzzle gym home with me and, uh, I think I'm going to create a, yeah, I'd like to create a bit more of a concrete routine for that. Cause that sounds like a great idea to, to commit to a puzzle a day. Um, it's uh, really be... healthy. Show your work and, and mm. do a puzzle a day because it's, it's really healthy. It's really healthy. Great. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, for anyone who's interested, please check the show notes below. Um, what, what's the best way to reach you? What, what's your preference there? Steve? <laughs> Carrier pigeon. Carrier um, pigeon. do you know what just just pop by and say hello on any of the channels or drop us an email we we try and make ourselves as available as possible um and we take we take feedback we've had a few people say i hate your puzzles and you have to stop yourself and go okay why tell us tell us what it is about them that you don't like um um, but but more than that we get lots of people saying i really like it could you tell us the answer to this or could you give us a hint towards or what have you got planned in the future? And that's, it's so nice to just hear people. And so you don't feel like you're talking into, into the breach of a cave. So it's, <laughs> it's just anyway, they're more than welcome. Excellent. Well, thank you for the last time, Stephen, for coming on to fictional reality and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Thank you very much, James. Much appreciated.
And there we have it. Thank you once again to Stephen for coming on board uh, for that episode. It was a great episode, and I will do everything I can to track down that missing recording. Um, the first half of the episode was very much about what Stephen is doing, about his Kickstarter, and uh, a little bit more about his process and his history. So it was it was a great 20 minutes or so, and uh, I will find it. I should be able to, hopefully. Nonetheless, this podcast is going out, so that might be released as a supplementary material. I just want to thank all of my listeners, anyone who is listening to this right now and has been a listener of the episodes. I appreciate you. I really love that you've taken the time in this day and age. You know, time is the biggest commodity that we have, and if you're giving this podcast some of your attention, then it is really appreciated. I want nothing from you other than to learn and enjoy. So I've said this before, but this podcast will remain ad-free. I do it as a passion project. Um, I'm not a fan of podcasts where the ads are seamlessly integrated into the experience. I don't like wasting people's time by telling them about podcasts that they don't give a flying F about. And uh, I just want to get to the cut to the chase. So nonetheless, I will be taking a short break. But if you want to find out more about me uh, and my process of what we're doing here, then head over to puzzledreality.com. Find me on Instagram at the Puzzled Maker. You'll have to do some searching, but it, uh, I don't know. I haven't really set this thing up that well. <laughs> Maybe that'll come along in the future. But yeah, I am working on something called the Time Travel Cafe, the Date Night Game. What else is happening? Mystery Puffs, the Serial Mystery. There's heaps of stuff going on at the moment. Um, but I am a busy little bee, and I will endeavor to come back with a newer, better, uh, more awesome season when I've figured out how to get the scheduling right. All right, thank you once again, and we'll catch you next time.